you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, and my dear, you're so delightful. There's sensor no place to go. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. But not in California. No, and it's not frightful weather at all. No, it was cloudy today. I was a little scared. I was like, what if it rains? <laughs> there could be an accident. It was cloudy today. Some people back east are like... Screw you guys. Yeah, screw you guys. Like New York and Boston have had like the past four years have had the worst winters in their like in the past like I don't know five decades or whatever. I feel about every year we talk about this where we're like, boy, California winters are sure tough here. Yeah, we're enduring it. It's tough. I put on a sweater today. Yeah, I put on a windbreaker. <laughs> it was awesome. You did it. <laughs> Hey, everybody. How's it going? You are listening to The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How is it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And this is episode 137. Uh, it's coming out a little later this week because I was just in Barcelona last week, so we're trying to rush this one out. Um, hopefully not too late, but uh, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, Terry's going to have to turn and burn on this one, but he says <laughs> he's good for it. So thank you, Terry. Thanks, T. Um, before we start the show, we have a couple of things in the upkeep. The first is that this show is brought to you by the one and only CardKingdom.com. They have been our sponsor now for a little bit, and it's been great. I haven't heard a single piece of negative feedback about Card Kingdom, and I don't expect to because they have amazing customer service. They address any issues that arise immediately, and their shipping is ace. Super fast shipping, which around this time of year, very important. I think when you're mm -hmm. hearing this, you've still got some time to order cards and have them arrive for the holidays for those gifts that you've, you know, done what i do and put them off you know haven't ordered in time like yeah do you know that i haven't bought a single christmas present yet Oof. yeah so i'm gonna need card game pretty pretty bad my brother bought a christmas present for my parents and i gave him money for it so does that count yeah counts Sweet. you've done something i've shopped more than you have <laughs> uh so to buy your cards make sure you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone and that will get you straight to our referral link and any cards that you buy they'll know that we sent you there and it helps out the show the other thing Ooh. We have a Patreon now. It's patreon.com slash command zone. And that's a way you can directly support the show. Yeah. And it's been great. We've had an incredible successful start to the Patreon. We cannot thank you guys enough. And as a result, we released a brand new gameplay video. Yeah. It's one of the tiered rewards on the Patreon. It's what we want to have the Patreon be, which is helps us make bigger and cooler content on a more consistent basis. So stuff like Kitchen Table Fables, our Game Night series, all that good stuff. And as part of the Patreon, we agreed to read one name off from one patron. Patron? Patron? Patron. Each episode. So this will be our first time doing that. And we're going to name off our very first patron. So this is the first person when we, when we launched mm -hmm. that supported us. Go ahead, Jimmy. You do the honors. Diego Martinez. Diego! Thank you so much for supporting the show, Diego. Uh, you know... You're awesome. You were on the you were on the ball. You saw the announcement. And you were like, boom! I'm going to get in there and I'm going to give these guys a dollar an episode. That's all. And it made a huge difference. It kicked us off. I saw that one dollar and I was like, yes, we did it. 
Diego, Six. you did not hesitate. Way to go. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much, Diego. Uh, much appreciated. You're awesome. So we have um, some Christmas giveaways to announce also, and this has to do with the Patreon. So if you are a patron, you're going to be eligible to win. We've got some, I guess, leftover mm-hmm. uh, product that we're going to be giving away next episode. Next episode will be our sort of best of 2016 year in review episode. It's the awards episode. We're going to talk about like what we think the or what the community, mm-hmm. I guess, the patrons think are the best legendary creature of the year, the best non-legendary card of the year, you know, what our best episode was, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we're going to wrap up the year, and we're also going to be giving away, what do we got? We have a Kaladash bundle. Previously known as a fat pack. Yes, as well as two of the Planeswalker intro decks with uh, Chandra and Nissa featured on them. So three lucky people, three lucky patrons of our Patreon will be eligible to win those prizes. So make sure, again, you go to patreon.com slash command zone. And again, it's super easy. Even a dollar an episode goes a long way. You can set monthly limits so that you don't make, so you make sure you don't go over a certain amount. One good way of looking at it, I used to canvas on the street a lot. $4 a month is four is $1 an episode for four episodes. That is essentially a cup of coffee. So if you want a chance to win either the Kaladesh bundle or one of the two Planeswalker decks, and you're listening to this episode before December 20th, which is when uh, episode 138 comes out and we're going to announce the winners, then you still have a chance to go to patreon.com slash command zone and uh, sign up. And again, Jimmy said, any patron level will be eligible to win one of those prizes. Yep. So thank you guys again for all of your support. We love you all. You're the best. Oh man, we got one more thing to say to patrons. If you're, you got to join the Patreon because this, this is where all the stuff's happening right now. Yeah, right. Um, our Deck Doctor series. Early next year, we really want to be talking about uh, some of the new partner commanders, and we'd really mm-hmm. like to do some Deck Doctors for that. And so we're looking for our patrons to be. There's a submission form on the Patreon page, and you can submit your decks. And we're specifically looking for some combination of the partner commanders. Yep. And that's for patrons at the $3 and up level. We're going to only be selecting deck doctors from those because you guys are our most dedicated fans, obviously. And we want to reward you guys for being patrons of the show. There's no better way than to deck doctor one of your decks. You know, Jimmy, we've been all over the place lately. Not just you in in Barcelona and such. I mean in the magic world. (laughs) That's right. When you say all over the place, I was like, are you saying I'm like scatterbrained? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can find us in a lot of places these days. So um, Sean Patchen did a nice interview with Jimmy and I both. It's on uh, a website called generaldamagecontrol.com. And he asked us a bunch of questions about why we started the command zone Mm -hmm. and, you know, content creation in general and just what... Just a lot of interview type questions, and it was a cool article, yep. a lot of good response. So if you go to generaldamagecontrol.com, you can find that. Yeah, we'll have these links, of course, in the show notes below. Both of us were recently guests on the Commander's Brew podcast. We had a challenge to take one of the new four-color commanders and add up to $15 worth of cards in each of the decks to upgrade them. And, I mean, I love those guys. We, we've we been friends with them for quite a long time, so it's nice that you've been on the show once already, right? No, that was my first time. Oh, cool. It was mine too. Yeah. So, right. and also we had to talk about budget. Was that hard for you? Because it was hard for me. I was like, it was really hard for me. I don't know the budget cards as well as the, they know all the budget cards. Yeah. It, I mean, it took me a long time of going through and being like, wow, that's that much? Like, oh gosh, like trying to like cut corners here. Like 70 cents plus 70 cents means I can have a dollar 30 card over here, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yes, you're like jockeying for position with yeah. your other picks. Well, the funny thing was when they contacted us, they asked which of the new commanders we wanted to talk about. 
I was like, ha ha ha, I'll choose Atraxa because Jimmy already did all the <laughs> legwork on it. Just did the episode, yeah, yeah. Except for that didn't work because none of the cards we talked about like added up to the right price range. I had to like still do a ton of work. Yeah. Backfired. Backfired. Um, there's a new video series that I'm doing with the professor. It's called In Response. It's a Magic the Gathering style debate show. A um, lot of fun. We debate sort of the hot topics, hot button issues in Magic, not just for Commander, but for all, for all the different formats or whatever um mm -hmm. you can find that on Tolarian community college on youtube yeah i love the show so far it's a lot of fun seeing you guys go back and forth and you tweeted this great picture out which said like prof totally won josh won prof won like josh being 3-0 prof being 3-0 like <laughs> all these six comments in a row and there was this the per like you said it's, you know a show is going well and that's the response yeah and so and also by the way prof and i very good friends we just like to we just like to debate for fun a lot of people were a little bit worried that you we guys were getting see too them in person oh my gosh yeah <laughs> people were worried we were getting too heated and we're like no, this is what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Love prof. Um, and again, we already mentioned the new gameplay videos. If you have not checked them out, you really need to. Um, Game Nights is what we're calling the series. There's actually two episodes, the first episode of Game Nights and then one called Out of the Box. And mm -hmm. we're planning to do more. In fact, we're shooting another one this week. Yeah. And you have a card right in front of you that's going to be in your deck. Oh, Very yeah. Exciting. So I'm building a new deck for the gameplay series uh, for when we record. And this card, I'm holding up Mind's Dilation. Ooh. So I was like... I opened seven boxes of um, Eldritch Moon total. <laughs> you know, that's just how many we opened uh, at my place. Just, you mm -hmm. know, my girlfriend likes to open packs. I did not get a single Minds Dilation. Whoopsies. I was going through it, and I'm like, what? I need this card for this deck. And uh, I did not even have one. But luckily, Jimmy bought, like, 12 foil ones. 12? Uh, okay, eight. Eight. <laughs> Sorry. I spec'd. I was like, this Slandered card seems your good name. amazing for Commander, um, and it's just a very powerful ability. Look at that shiny. It's beautiful. I think it's a good I think it's a good spec. Anyway. I really hope you get to play it when we record the gameplay videos. Me too. I'd like to see, do you know what deck I'm building based on that one card? It would be very tough, but if you get it, I'll be impressed. Yeah. Um, finally, one more quick announcement. Uh, Magic the Amateuring has a new YouTube channel where they're going to post vlogs, their gameplay videos, and their podcasts because they've been doing video podcasts even longer than we have. So make sure you guys go subscribe to them right now. The link is in the show notes. It's on YouTube or on collected.company. You can find them there. And please go support these, these gals. They are awesome. They're hilarious. Uh, if you haven't seen their musical episode, I was busting up laughing over that too. It's so good. The 200th episode is the one with the, all the musicals, and it's amazing. Go to uh, Magic the Amateur on YouTube. You can just type it in the search, and you'll find it easy. Yeah. <clears throat> Megan and Maria. Love those girls. Me. Yeah. All right. Finally, on to our main topic, uh, 10 minutes into the show. Someone's going to post a comment and be like, oh, gosh, they just ramble on for nine minutes, and then they started talking about this. How controversial was that? Well, hey. That's the main topic. It's controversial conversations. Actually, I like how you, the, the full title is Combos, Concessions, and Controversies. CCC. CCC. C. I was just in Spain. There we go. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All so. right. So one of the great things about our show... Uh, is that we get a ton of correspondence with Commander players from all over because uh, all our listeners are always emailing us and we really like it and we really like to, you know, we, we answer basically every email that comes in. The only ones that we can't reply to are uh, the deck lists. We get tons of deck lists and we just don't have time to go through all of those. But we get a ton of like, I sort of call them Dear Abby, mm -hmm. um, which are just like, People in situations in their playgroups or things they've seen and wondering how they might deal with it. And we're, we kind of become an advice column sometimes. And it, this is great. We love it. Anytime you have an issue, you should definitely email us about it. Because one of the things that it does is it gives us ideas for things to talk about on the show. Yeah, definitely. And this is going to be an interesting one because this is kind of a consistent question that we get from people, which is not a specific one, but more this is a situation that has come up. It, it seems like a controversial 
or there is some controversy around it. People have argued about it, or we just don't know what the right, correct response is. We're wondering what you guys think about it. So we're going to talk about a few of those today and share some of those conversations and the people that sent in the questions. So shall we begin? Sure. The first one is called Dealing with Combo. 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 So I, I said it just different than you. Yeah. <laughs> Yours sounded more like how it sounds in the games. Um, <laughs> this came from a listener called Zach, and this is in the exact wording of the email. We paraphrase it for brevity. But the question essentially is, my local playgroup has recently changed from traditional control and creature-based strategies to all-out combo game plans. Basically, everyone is going infinite all the time, even me, just to keep up, often with force of will backup. How do I keep three, at least other players, in check while trying to win myself? The only card that has yielded any success is Sadistic Sacrament. That will take out one player out of the game only to lose to someone else's combo. That's a bummer <laughs> to lose to combo constantly. Uh, Sadistic Sacrament is this crazy um, black, black, black card from Zendikar. It's a sorcery with a kicker of seven, and you can search a player's library for up to three cards, exile them, and then that player shuffles their library. And if you kick the card, you search their library for 15 cards, so for 10 mana total, exile them, and then the player shuffles their library. Basically to go in there and jesters cap their cards out of their library so that they can't uh, combo off with them. Yeah, so if you're if they're playing Kiki-Jiki, you go get Zealous Conscripts and a few other things that are going to, like, you mm -hmm. know if they ever get those cards, they're going to just win. Um you might get like uh, what's the one that works with Niv Mizzet, Ophidian Eye. Yeah, Ophidian Eye, <clears throat> um, stuff like that. And the main question this year is, how can I deal with a combo-heavy meta? It's starting to take the joy out of EDH for me, as the decks seem too consistent and the games tend to play out almost always the same. This is definitely one we get a lot in some variation, right? Mm -hmm. Which is that my play group and my meta is starting to evolve towards like really competitive, highly tuned combo decks, and it makes it feel like sometimes like it's kind of a coin flip. Mm -hmm. um, there's less interaction in those type of games sometimes. And some groups like that, and we're not saying, hey, don't like it. We're just saying if if you can be on this downward slope where you see it and you're like falling off the edge of that cliff towards combo and it's just hard to figure out how to stop it because, you know. Because they're comboing off. Yeah, they're comboing off. How are you? You you start, you, this guy even says, Zach even says, like, I'm doing it myself just to keep up. And it feels mm -hmm. like, I. how do I stop it? It's just snowballing on me. And so we're going to maybe come up with some ways that you might be able to, like, reverse what's happening or, or change your meta, evolve past the combo and out of it. Mm -hmm. um, the first point, which is a really good one that you bring up, Josh, is just talk to the group. And this is something that I think doesn't happen a lot in games because it's like, hey, who brought what decks to the table? And people just start playing it instead of like having a conversation about the meta. Uh, we have a whole episode about the meta, by the way, and it's basically what is the sort of style and formula of your play group? What is everyone doing? In this case, for Zach's case, it's all combo. So if everyone else is sort of feeling the same way you did, and it's like, hey, you know, like, I went into it because Zach went into it, and Zach went into it because George went into it, and George went into it, so Megan went into it. Like Then it's like, hey, maybe everyone else is kind of feeling that maybe we shouldn't have this combo meta. Maybe we should put some of the restrictions on decks. Maybe, you know, one night out of the month, no one plays a combo deck. Everyone plays a Voltron deck, or everyone just plays a different kind of deck, or maybe it's something else that you can talk to. You know, you have a house rule, maybe no infinite X, no, do this or do that. Yeah, we know Phil DeLuca and um, Nate and Sean from the Commander and Podcast, they have sort of a, a house rule that says that infinite combos can't happen. They only allow the same loop to repeat up to five times and then you're done. So you can't, if you kiki-jiki zealous conscripts, which would normally make infinite creatures, it only makes five creatures mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So that might be something that you can look at or talk about with your group. Um, 
I also think it's just always good as a first step to talk about issues rather than passively aggressively do stuff or say stuff or just get mad and foster a lot of resentment. And also, and this is a possibility too, you want to make sure that you're on the same page with your playgroup. Maybe mm-hmm. you've got a playgroup with five or six people and everybody else is like, no, this is awesome. This is the best. This is my favorite thing ever. Yeah. Who are you to tell them that? You know, if the, now if they're like, yeah, I've been feeling that too, then you can come to some sort of, you know, on the same page and come up with a solution. But you yeah. don't want to be forcing your, your the rest of your play group out of something they, they enjoy. Yeah, and in general, talking to everyone else will get you on page on a lot of different things. In fact, all the other things we talk about in this episode may be resolved by just being on the, the same page as everyone else. Yep, so always, we always are an advocate of acting like an adult, coming out, and and talking it out and not Mm -hmm. in an accusatory manner just being like hey guys i just want to talk about something and i'm not saying that's anybody's fault or anything like that it's just this is the way i've been feeling and i'm wondering if you guys feel the same way and maybe what we can do to maybe address that Mm -hmm. and it's not like you're doing this and you're doing that and you started it and blah 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 that doesn't do anybody any good just come out like hey here's the thing that's happening here's the way i feel about it it's not about blame it's just about are you guys feeling the same way and if so Maybe let's talk about some ways that we might be able to start addressing it. Yeah, the more you point fingers, the more people will not. Yeah, they'll go into their shell. They'll start deflecting. They'll blame it on someone else. It's. I mean, it's. You see, this happen all the time. Um, just try to avoid doing that. It's never going to help you reach an accord with anyone else if you just go like, "Yes, it's your fault." It's like, well, you did it too. It's like, oh boy, now this argument is never going to resolve. Yeah, you're never going to get anywhere. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Having said all that, magic's a card game. Mm-hmm. So one of the great things is there are often cards that can help you in this situation. Now, Zach talks about uh, Sadistic Sacrament, which I think is a good card against combo. There's a lot of cards that are good against combo. And so we're going to go through some here because I do think it's possible in the same way that your meta started to go towards this because of of the way that the decks are being built and the cards are being played. You mm-hmm. might be able to pull out of it by creating decks and playing in a way that sort of forces people to adjust to you and yeah. get, and sort of like, well, combo is not as effective, so I got to go towards something else. So um, there's a few categories of cards we've written down here. The first is players can't search libraries. So there are a bunch of cards in the history of Magic that sort of stop tutoring, basically. They, they also sort of, as a side effect, stop fetch lands and things like that sometimes. <laughs> um, so That's it, brutal. I've had this first card play against me when I tried to fetch something. Yeah, this is, you can actually play in response to somebody fetching or tutoring, which is also good. So it's, go ahead. Avon Mind Sensor, it's a card from Future Sight, two and a white for a 2-1 flash flyer. Wizards loves printing a two and a white for a 2-1 flash flyer. It's the um, it's the hate bear, but it's the flying version. Yeah. Um, it It's similar to like Hushwing Griffin stuff too, mm-hmm. but uh, Avon Mind Sensor says, if an opponent would search a library, that player searches the top four cards of that library instead. So if you crack a fetch land, you flash this in, they can only look at the top four cards to hope they can find a land they can fetch. Um, if they uh, demonic tutor, they can only take a card from the top four cards. So it doesn't shut down tutoring entirely. It just makes it way less effective. Yeah, it doesn't make it like they lose a card from the tutoring. It just makes it like they don't get something awesome. Yeah, uh, unless they're like doing an enchantment based. A fetch tutor land, or it can totally be like you get nothing though. Yeah, if there's just not a land that they can get in the top four. Sorry, uh, yeah. this is a really good card against um, combo heavy decks. Usually, combo heavy decks rely on getting certain pieces and the way that they can sort of consistently get those pieces is generally through tutoring. So a card like even mind sensor, cause once it's out, it just stops all tutoring except for the top four cards of your library. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is another really good one. Stranglehold three and a red for an enchantment originally printed in commander. So it was meant for this format. Your opponents can't search libraries. If an opponent would begin an extra turn, that player skips that turn instead. So obviously very good against like Narset decks that want to take infinite turns. 
Um, this just, is a total anti-combo card, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, a lot of combos want to take unlimited turns, and a lot of them want to uh, search libraries. Mindlock Orb is another card that stops the searching of libraries. just says players can't search libraries. Um, it's a, what is a blue artifact? Yeah. Yeah, three and a blue for an artifact. So this is a an effect that's available in white, blue, and red. So pretty much every color that you, it's pretty, it's three out of five. I'm sure there are other effects as well that do similar things, but yeah, very, very powerful, obviously. Um, next category would be hate bears. So we're not talking about angry bears that don't like things. We're talking about cards that do not let your opponents cast spells or additional spells or spells of a certain CMC. And the, th the first one is one that's in my Brea deck, Ether Sworn Canonist, one in the white for a 2-2. So this person is a bear, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, each player who has cast a non-artifact spell this turn can't cast additional non-artifact spells. So she hates, as a hate bear, you casting a lot of spells in a turn. Mm -hmm. Well, artifacts are A-OK. Non-artifacts, yeah. yeah. This is, again, this works really well against combo because often combo wants to string together a... a a sequence of specific spells. They want to mm -hmm. cast this, then this in the same turn, then go off. And Aether Sworn Cannon says, I'm sorry, you cannot. You can only cast one spell. Um, this yeah. is a card we talk about a lot. Gaddick Teague, who is another hate bear. A green and a white for a 2-2. Kithkin Advisor, legendary creature. Non-creature spells with converted mana cost four or greater can't be played. Sorry, can't be cast. And then non-creature spells with X in their mana cost can't be cast. So it just turns off a whole ton of non-creature spells. A, a lot of times, not all the time, but combo heavy decks often rely on like a sorcery or an instant mm -hmm. somewhere in there. And that sort of turns off the more expense, you know, the four or more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, this is a good one too. Oh yeah. This is a card I think should just see more play in general. For it's, sure. It's Spellskite. It's a two mana artifact creature horror, uh, zero four. And you can pay a Phyrexian mana or one blue mana to change a target of a target spell or ability to Spellskite. So this is, um, some people play this protection for their commander. You play this out, they can't target your commander first without having to kill the spell skite. Um, you can just also steal st uh, spells that people cast on their own things. If you're Craig and you cast a If pump they go spell to cast your... that Ophidian Eye on Niv-Mizzet to go off, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, my spell skite now has the Ophidian Eye. And you can do it for two life at any time. So that yep. means you, you can tap out for it. It only costs two mana to play the spell skite as well. This card is just very powerful. One of the reasons hate bears are really good against combo is because they come out early. So they're sitting, you play them on turn two, mm -hmm. and then so they're just there when the combo starts to happen and they can help stop it. Um, spell skite also works against Kiki Jiki infinite combos because mm -hmm. you force the Kiki Jiki to copy the spell sky, which then it's or the zealous conscripts to copy the spell sky. Yeah, so so then it's just not um, it. They can't go off, right? They can't untap Kiki and continue to do it. Uh, so the uh, the next category is called you can't play that. Nope, you can't play that. Can't play that. Wow, that's like stats 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 stats. We're in the can't play that segment. Yeah, can't play that today. We could not play. Magic, because we recorded the podcast. Can't play that. True that. Uh, today, Josh played Nevermore on me. I did And not. named uh, Kiki Jiki. Nevermore, <laughs> one white white for an enchantment. As Nevermore enters the battlefield, name a non-land card. The named card can't be cast. So uh, people will play Nevermore and stuff like this and name a commander. People will play it and name the combo piece. Uh, some people will also play it and play like a catch-all, like Counterspell. Counterspell. Yep. Force of will. Force of will, yeah. Yep. It just stops a card before it's ever come out. You're mm -hmm. just like, boom. It works really well in combo heavy metas because usually there's a specific card, and a lot of times it's their commander. So if you know they're going to go infinite with Kiki Jiki, play Nevermore naming Kiki Jiki, and they're in the mono red. So they have like Chaos Warp. 
yeah. maybe like one or two other ways to get rid of a Nevermore, you're much safer from that combo. And this and uh, Meddling Mage is the creature version, the Hate Bear version of this card does basically the same thing. Um, normally these cards feel a little bit mean, but if you're in a combo heavy meta, they're actually, I think, fine. They're mm -hmm. justified because those people are trying to do something de degenerate. And so you doing something like this to stop it, I think is totally fine. Yeah. And also, if you guys have noticed, we've named enchantments, artifacts, and creatures so far. These are all different kinds of cards. They're hard to remove. And also, like, even if it means stopping a, a combo from happening for one turn because they have to spend some mana to remove something, you put them at a disadvantage and it also slows them down, which sometimes is all, all you need to stop someone from comboing off and killing you a turn earlier or whatever. The next category that can help to stop um, combo is called Chaos. Oh, wait. Get out of there. Pew. That was a good one. Oh, it almost landed back on the table. <laughs> um, so Chaos is a, are effects that, and we've talked about some of these cards uh, before, that sort of make it so when you play a card, you don't actually know the outcome. It's not going to do what it's supposed to do. So Hive Mind is the first one. Yeah, this card. Five of the blue for an enchantment. Whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell, each other player copies that spell. Each of those players may choose new targets for his or her copy. Um, this is obviously bad with Demonic Tutor because everyone's like, hey! I get my own Demonic Tutor. Yeah, but this also just stops people from playing a lot of stuff as well um, until they can find the best chance to do it, you know? And Hive Mind's cool because if they remove your enchantment with it, maybe they can remove four other enchantments and, you know, you stop four other people's combos at the same time it works really well against counter spells too so if they've got force of will backup well if they go to counter spell your spell that's stopping their combo you get a force of will to counter their force of will and everybody else does too and of course they're going to not want that person to combo off and win so they can point all their force of wills at their force of will blah 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 yeah this makes game states very confusing yeah it's <laughs> it it definitely makes it confusing and it makes it hard but it will sort of hurt combo um the other one, and we've talked about this card actually quite a bit recently. It was featured heavily in our gameplay video, the out-of-the-box video. Oh, yeah. And uh, we talked about it, I think, with Saskia. It's Possibility Storm. Okay, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Here's what it does. It's three red, red. Every time you play any type of spell, you don't get the spell you played. Mm -hmm. You actually flip cards from the top of your deck until you find a card that's like it. So if you play a creature, you flip cards until you get a creature. And then you get that creature that you flipped. If it's an instant, you do the same thing, but you get the instant that you flipped. The outcome of this is that anytime you play anything, you don't know what you're gonna, what's going to happen exactly. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. Yeah. Um, it, you really don't know what's going to happen, and everyone is affected by it. So this just hoses a lot of strategies where people are like, I need, to, I need to line up these four spells for this to happen. It's like, well, good luck. They're all going to find something else. They're, yeah, none of the stuff that you're going to cast is going to do that. It's, if you cast Zealous Conscripts with your Kiki-Jiki out, you won't get Zealous Conscripts. You'll mm -hmm. get the next creature off the top of your deck. Um, yep. The next category is Split Second. So this is a... This is a very, very powerful thing, and the more competitive decks will play Split Second more than sort of the casual decks, and I mm -hmm. think that the casual players could learn to play more Split Second cards. These cards are very good in the situation we're talking about where, like, mm -hmm. something's going to happen. I have to stop it, so I need to play a card that guaranteed stops it, and Split Second cards will do that. Yeah, Split Second, one black black for an instant with Split Second, and it says as long as this spell is on the stack, so you cast it, it goes onto the stack, players can't cast spells or activate abilities that aren't mana abilities, which is uh, which means you play the spell, no one can counter it, no one can play another spell in response to it. This spell needs to resolve uh, so guaranteed is going to go through. It's very hard to stop something with split second. And sudden spoiling says until end of turn, creatures target player controls lose all abilities and have base power toughness zero two. So you can stop any sort of like Kiki Jiki combos, Niv Mizzet combos, those type of things. You're only stopping it for a turn. Mm -hmm. But usually that when they decide to go off, 
That's the turn. If you can get through that, then all of a sudden everybody else has a chance to remove the Nemizit, board wipe, do all the stuff that's going to actually get rid of it. But you just have to stop it in that moment. So sudden spoiling works against basically every creature-based combo strategy mm -hmm. because, again, it's split second. So sudden spoiling, boom, turns into an O2 with no abilities, turns off all those abilities that are like untapping for infinite times or blah, blah, blah. You can even let them make infinite tokens with Kiki-Jiki and then do split seconds. Right when they attack. True, yeah. true. Um Cross and Grip is another one. Split second, two in a green for an instant. Uh, destroy target artifact or enchantment. This is, I think, one of the best cards in Commander. One of the best combo stoppers that there is because so many combos include at least one enchantment or artifact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, split second. So you play it, it's going to happen. Yeah, not to mention this is a card that just should go in your deck anyway because you're always going to have an artifact or enchantment you need to get rid of. And the last sort of category we're going to talk about for combo stoppers are an entire class of cards, but I like Blind Obedience, maybe the best of them, but there mm -hmm. are other ones in other colors. It are It's these cards that say your, your opponent's creatures and sometimes other things enter the battlefield tap. So Blind Obedience is one in a white uh, for an enchantment. It has Extort. I'm not going to read Extort because it doesn't matter here. And it says artifacts and creatures your opponent's control enter the battlefield tap. So again, if you're worried about combos like Kiki-Jiki uh zell's conscripts or pestermite or whatever this stops that kind of thing because all the copies even if they make infinite amount they come into play tapped yeah so they, they can't anything. attack that turn also like um earthcraft squirrels nest type mm -hmm. stuff you can stop those kind of things because they all come into play tapped um those types of combos it doesn't stop every combo it has to be sort of creature centric the last category uh of how to stop combos is just build a faster deck than they can combo off or use politics um a dedicated aggro strategy, something like Infect, that we'll talk about later in the show as well, uh, can usually take someone out of the game before they're able to combo off and kill you with their Hermit Druid or whatever. Um, and politics works very well. Uh, you look at someone and say, like, that per I know their combo, I know what they're about to do. Can anyone else do anything about it? Or, like, we need two people to team up because we know they have Force of Will backup, etc. Yeah, I think that in playing Infect or, or very fast decks in aggro they are they are also political because those decks are unlikely to win the game overall. But what they are likely to do is send a message. So if you if there's like a certain player in your meta that plays very combo heavy and you play your infect deck and point at that person every time and every time they're like, why are you? And you're because you go infinite, man. Yeah. And this is the only way I can beat it. And so you just they're getting the message. I am going to play a deck that's going to be faster than your combo. And I'm doing it because you combo. If you stop doing that, then I'll stop doing it. And you can sort of bring them to the negotiating t table. This is a tactic that I'd like to use as a little more passive-aggressive. Um, but if the sort of discussion with your playgroup doesn't work, or maybe there's just one player that's sort of an issue, which we hear mm -hmm. about a lot. The, there's two things that happen. Either the whole playgroup starts to lean in that direction, or else it's just one person that's sort of like st starting to, you know, play degenerately, and mm -hmm. everybody else doesn't really like it, but they don't know how to deal with it. Changing your meta sort of forcefully in this way, like consciously saying, okay, my meta is like this and I want to sort of bend it this way, it requires you to sort of say to yourself, okay, I'm willing to not win for maybe a few play sessions here because I have to sort of make a stance, make it very clear and just say like, I'm willing to do this mm -hmm. until you change. You might make yourself the villain in some cases as well. But hey, it's kind of a fun experiment to see if you can do it. 
you definitely can. I've definitely done things like that in playgroups for many different games, which is to sort of bring them out of what I would consider a nosedive towards something bad. But yeah. you have to be willing to sacrifice, and a lot of times it's doing something like that. Playing Infect, pointing at that player, saying, listen, you're playing infinite combos. This is how I can beat them. Neither of us is going to win. Yeah. And when you stop playing them, then both of us will have a chance to win again. So it's the ball's in your court. Yeah, and I would say like what um, Zach did here was he made a combo deck uh, to play along with everyone else. This is definitely taking the other course, which is here's how I'm going to actively change the meta by being the first person to change it. All right, so there's some strategies. Again, there's probably many more. Uh, the best one, 100%. Just talk. Talk, yeah. Yeah, just talk. It All may right. be tough, but it's way more worth it than being like, I'm going to do this and make sure no one has fun anymore. For sure. Um Okay, so on to the next topic. So remember, it was combos, concessions, and controversy. Controversy. So this is the concessions part portion, and we don't mean going to buy popcorn. It's not the concession stand. <laughs> we mean conceding. Conceding. When is it okay to concede? This was from Gabriel Robinson, I believe. Mm -hmm. Gabriel, at least a few times, has come up with some good questions, and we've had discussions over email with Gabriel. He's got a knack for sort of putting his finger on these hot-button issues or these interesting topics. So thank you, Gabriel. Again, this is not the exact wording. We've shortened it. But he says, I have a question regarding conceding in multiplayer EDH. There are times when it's unclear if giving up is a legitimate strategy or poor, poor sportsmanship. For example, if someone is swinging for lethal with a team of lifelinkers, you could concede to, the, to deny them the life gain. Hmm. Or if someone has infinite mana and is bouncing everyone's permanence with capsize, you could concede in response to uh, fizzle or counter the spell and let everybody else have a chance to win. How do you feel about conceding like this? Oof. That, uh, you know, I didn't think about either of those situations when the idea of, like, sh when should you concede came up? Because usually it's like, all right, I can't win anymore. I'm not having fun. I'm conceding. But conceding to fizzle a spell to essentially give any spell, any, any deck the ability to counter one spell per game. <laughs> I mean, at the cost of losing. At the but... cost of losing, yeah. Um, or it's stopping someone from life gain. I, don't, I mean, I'm personally okay with it um, to a certain degree. I think if, if you make it a point that you're always doing this kind of thing to stop someone and you're doing it out of spite or you're doing it out of anger um, or like kind of destroying the play group as a result, then it's not a healthy thing to do. But if you're just doing it because it's like, ooh, he's about to gain a thousand life or whatever, or you know, this capsized buyback thing is broken and no one else is gonna have any fun if he does it, sure, why not? Yeah, I'm sort of against it. I feel like it's outside the game. I feel it's like if you have gotten your board to the position where you're swinging with that thousand life linkers, then you've done that through the game, mm -hmm. and you deserve to get the thousand life. And it's sort of using a loophole in the system of multiplayer because in a one-on-one -on -one, you conceding is the outcome you want anyway because right. i want to win but in multiplayer i have to defeat two more people and so it's sort of abusing the multiplayer system um i've yeah. heard i've heard people with really strong stances where they're like if somebody does that they're never invited back to play with us again i i wouldn't go that far <laughs> but i would i'm with you for sure if somebody's doing it all the time that's it's yeah. kind of a it's a dirty move. I do think it, it strays into poor sportsmanship. It feels not part of the game to concede to deny your opponents an advantage that they gain through the game. And Yeah, even if the way they did it was unfair to you, like they had infinite mana, so then they were able to do this. Um, it's interesting. I, I feel like the capsized buyback situation, if they're going to do it to every single permanent on the board, then I would totally concede, because I'm like, man, that's just like, you already won. 
But at the same time, maybe but that's they how they're icing won. the win. Yeah, there is icing on the cake. I don't know. It's really interesting. I, I'm actually right in the middle on this. I would have to be put in situations where this is actually relevant. Because again, I didn't think of either of these um, sort of situations when the p- question was first posed. Definitely, I've been in games, and I don't like conceding in general because in multiplayer, it affects things in a weird way. Like mm-hmm. sometimes somebody's like attacking you. And you could, they're going to attack you again this turn. And if you concede, they can begin the attacks on the other players a turn early, basically. So you're basically each other, like, let's say, I don't know, somebody's got an Ulamog out and nobody's got a way to stop it. And it's mm-hmm. slowly killing you. And this is going to be the turn where it does kill you. And then it's going to turn onto Jimmy. And if I concede now, it turns to Jimmy one turn early. Yeah, Which, and let's say I've been like antagonizing you the whole game with other stuff. So it's like, sure, yeah, I want him to turn it on that player because you know then you have this whole another. But it's level using of, like an outside of the game mechanic yeah. to to sort of be spiteful against somebody, or even if it's not spiteful, it, usually I'm of the position that like I will make the person go through it as if I don't have the ability to concede because yeah. I don't want to use concession as like a strategy. Yeah, I think I think as a strategy, it can be really tough because in general, when you're playing a game of one-on-one and you concede, it's because you want to have like more time on the clock for the next round or you're like, oh, I'm going to have a tough sideboard, so I, I want a little more time to think about this. I'm going to concede now because I know that my deck is, has no more outs. That's sort of like how the, um, the, the control deck in Modern works right now with Lantern Control. Like After a while, you just don't have a way to win when the Lantern Control deck is fully set up, so you concede because you want to be able to play out the rest of your rounds. And again, in one-on-one, conceding doesn't give an advantage to anybody else. There's no advantage to conceding. You lose, and then in the game, and then it's over. Yeah. There's not like more magic to be played. But in multiplayer, I just I don't love conceding in general. I've definitely had times where like somebody does something like I don't know Armageddon's, and they have an Ulamog out or something. And, yeah. And I'm like, you know what? It's not that bad. I have something in my hand. I have a path to exile. And I can get rid of the Ulamog. Yes, they're still going to have 10 mana, but there's four of us. We might Somebody might claw back into it before he kills the rest and then be able to get him. And a lot of times people are like, nah, I just concede. And it's like, uh, well, I only have a chance to call back into this game if everybody stays. Yeah. And in fact, I've seen the best concessions are just when everyone is like simultaneously like, all right, you got the game. Like you just MLD'd with an Ulamog or whatever out. We all concede. And and when everybody agrees, then I'm totally with it. But if one, then it's like a one v one format essentially. Yeah, but if one person's going like, wait a minute, guys, I have a path to exile and a planes, mm-hmm. so let's just see where this goes. We might be able to claw our way back into it. Then in that case, I wouldn't concede. But I have seen a lot of players like, nah, I'm still conceding. And then it's like, crap, you're not giving. You're kind of making us all concede when you do that. Yeah. Anyway, interesting question. We'd be interested to see uh, in the comments and on Twitter and everything else how you guys feel about this issue. Yeah, I'd love to see other situations specifically outside of the one that uh, the two that Gabriel posed. I mean, you us. could think of just tons of them where conceding would actually be, you know, you could use it as quote unquote strategy. You could mm-hmm. use it to harm somebody, and and I don't like using conceding in a way that makes it like a weapon. Yeah, it feels more spiteful than than. Even like though it is strategic, it feels spiteful. Like you don't get to have this, yeah. and I get to choose from this thing outside the game that you can't control. Um, all right, <laughs> this is so. The final thing we're going to talk about has to do with our gameplay video, Game Nights Episode One. So if you didn't watch it, well, first of all, go watch it because you're crazy. Um, <laughs> it, it did turn out great, and we're really proud of how it turned out. So if you haven't had a chance to watch Game Nights yet, you should go check it out. It's um, our take on the gameplay format. So traditionally watching Magic being played, I think there's a lot of pitfalls and a lot of problems with it. And anybody that's tried to watch, you know, a lot of different 
takes on gameplay knows what the problems are. And we yeah. tried to address a lot of those problems, which are board complexity and what's going on and explaining things. And we, and we think we came up with a pretty interesting way to do it, which is we sort of do it in a reality TV show style. So we're playing the game, but as the game's going, we cut away to interviews with each of the players, like Jimmy, myself, our friend Craig, and they're explaining things like, well, I have this in my hand and I was thinking this and this is why I made this decision. And we keep track of the boards and, and, and we have the graphics so the cards sort of fly up and you get good looks at them and you can tell what each card is and what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, go watch the gameplay video. But what happened in it was that Craig brought two Infect decks. Now, Infect is a super polarizing mechanic. In Hell of a way to kick off a brand new show, by the way, Craig. I like it. He brought controversy, which is one of the great ways to get publicity. Absolutely. Craig, a born marketer. <laughs> um, so he brought a Saskia Infect deck and an Atraxa Infect deck. So we played them in the gameplay video, and there was a lot of response on both sides of the fence, and a lot of people have just a, such a super negative, immediate reaction mm-hmm. to Infect. I found it fascinating. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, 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 you know, it's something that obviously was expected. I didn't expect people to be uh, maybe that vocal about it, but then again, you know, Infect is a very controversial thing because... If you guys don't know, Infect is a ability, not an ability, it's a gameplay mechanic where if you get 10 poison counters, which certain cards have Infect or will give you poison counters, or you get proliferated, uh, you immediately lose the game. It's like you got poisoned to death, and it's an alternative win con to dealing someone 40 damage in life. And It's sort of like commander damage almost. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an very alternate similar. amount of damage you have to do it with an alternate source. It's funny, I haven't, it's, I haven't lost a commander damage in so long. Yeah, <laughs> I've certainly lost to Infect recently. Um... Yeah, so it's the the one of the big issues is that in EDH and Commander, what we do, we bumped our life total to twice what it starts at mm-hmm. normally, and Commander damage is twenty one damage. But Infect did not change. Ten poison counters still kills you in Commander. It's not more. It's not fifteen. It's not twenty. It's not doubled like everything else. And so there's this feeling that it's not correctly balanced for Commander. Yeah. A lot of people are like, Infect is stupid, it's lame, it should be 20 points, we banned Infect in our playgroup because it was so toxic, etc. A um, couple of small notes before we talk about this more. Infect won zero of the games it played. It did knock out a couple of people, I know that makes a difference to other people. Um, and it also has almost never won any games. And I play with Craig the most out of anybody in my entire life in Commander, and he loves Infect. He plays a lot of Infect decks because it's also very cheap and affordable to build an Infect deck. And the number of times he's won in multiplayer games I is definitely less than the fingers on one hand. It may be like once or twice. And this is over like three, four years of playing Commander with this one. I mean, I've played with Craig not as much as you, but hundreds of games. Probably not all of them were Infect, but many games with Infect. I have literally never seen a pure Infect deck win. Now, I've seen Triumph <laughs> of the Horde right. like win a game. I've seen Blightsteel Colossus win a game, but those aren't Infect decks. Mm-hmm. That's just like Craterhoof Behemoth. You know, It's just Insurrection. It's a card that like wins the game. But it's, yeah. it, as far as like a, a, a deck like we saw where he's going to play like a two-drop with Infect and then put Larger Than Life on it and then try and Saskia the other person with Infect on turn four or five, those decks, they don't win. So is Infect evil, Josh? Is that as bad as the naysayers are saying it is? No, and of course, we've been heavily inoculated to Infect <laughs> because we've played against it so much. I think, here's, here's something I would watch out for big time from people, and I really want to curtail this kind of talk, which is like, people that play Infect are jerks. Yeah, that, and like, playing with, I saw a couple of comments recently, like, playing with Craig must suck. You like, know what? 
It's completely the the opposite. It's, I think most of you, I'm just gonna say this, like 90% of the people they haven't that are saying that they've never played against it, or maybe they <laughs> played against it one time. We've played against it all the time, and I will tell you, it's awesome. Actually, it does many great things for your game. Your games are way faster. Mm-hmm. Your games don't take two hours. They just don't. Infect won't allow it. Your games are super exciting. Yeah, it's it puts a real timer on you or your other players, and the politics with Infect too are are they're huge. amped up a huge notch because yep. the person that gets targeted first is in this is in the hot seat all of a sudden. It also it also definitely like makes you less worried or less hurt when you lose or get knocked out. It's a thing that happens. It makes it sort of less of a big deal. We hear a lot of complaints. Oh, this person knocked me out. Like to us, that's just a game because games aren't long and it happens all the time. And Craig might just, he's the junkyard dog. He might just bite you and not let go. That game, big yeah. deal. I mean, and here's the thing. Hermit Druid can be played on turn two as well. And some decks go infinite by turn three in Commander and you can die to infect on turn three as well. Like this is a format where degeneracy happens quite often all over the board. And to say that one form is that much worse and just the awfulest thing in the world when, you know, I put an infinite combo in my deck, am I as bad as the infect player all of a sudden because it's also degenerate and can win in a way that seems unfair? I don't think so. I think combo is much more degenerate than infect. Infect is much more fair. In fact, it causes you, another side benefit is it really does cause you to improve your deck building. You cannot have a deck that doesn't do anything until Mm -hmm. turn four. You just, you're going to die to the infect player if you do that. You have to have you know, some stuff to do early. You have to be able to interact with your opponent's deck. You can't play super heavy combo in our meta. You can have some combos in your deck, but you can't be dedicated to it because mm-hmm. those decks generally don't do much to affect what the other player's game plans are, and the Infect deck will just kill you then. Yeah, and uh, uh, one of our good friends that plays with us, Josh Kim, uh, ha- tweeted at us with a really great point, which is Infect keeps decks honest. You know, because there are some times where your meta can go straight combo and everyone is turn one pass, turn two pass, turn three pass, turn four pass, turn five combo out, right? Yep. And everyone does it at the same time. Infect is one of those ways that says like, no, you know what? Your deck needs to be able to handle combat. Your deck needs to be able to handle uh, someone attacking you with a creature because that is like the foundation of Magic the Gathering, you know? And that's what Infect does. Not to mention the strategy itself is incredibly linear, it's not like they're going to come out of the left field with this uh, crazy combo that gets around your activated abilities or counter something you know crazy. They're they have to swing at you for the most part to kill you. Yep. I I'm, I'm not saying like hey everybody play infect all the time. I'm saying like their infect itself is actually kind of awesome. I used to think maybe we should change the amount of poison counters. Playing with Craig Moore has taught me like it's already almost impossible for the Infect deck to win. Mm-hmm. So why make it harder? It makes the game super fun. There's a, The other argument I heard a lot was like, well, sure, but the Infect player takes somebody out and then they have to sit there for an hour while everybody else plays and that sucks. Guess what? That almost never happens because the Infect deck wins fast or it dies fast. So at the very least, you've got the Infect player who's going to di- have died right after you and you can play like a one-on-one game while the other people are playing. Also, that's two people that are out of the game really fast. Game goes much faster when there's only two people. Now it's down to 1v1 or maybe, you know, a three-player game, and it's not probably going to continue for an hour. Yeah. Um, and many, many games, the player stabilizes the Infect deck, doesn't can't do anything after turn eight or nine. And, yeah. it, you know, I'd say that's a vast majority of the games. Anyway, yeah. this is like a weird... I never thought I'd be doing this, but it, give Infect a chance. It's not as bad as you think. And definitely don't sort of ascribe certain personalities to people that do play things don't call people jerks because they play a certain strategy that's uh, to me that's just that's going to lead you down a really bad path 
it's just not it's not cool to be like people who play infector are jerks and to make blanket yeah, statements like a that. knee-jerk blanket statement is just that doesn't look well on you as a person as well um also like what if every let's say instead of all my creatures having infect all my creatures have lifelink are you going to be calling me a jerk because now I'm just outgaining everyone in life and you can't kill me because I have 80 life now. And it's like, it's like every, there is a comparable thing for infect. I think a lot of the flack actually comes from the fact that infect, the word infect and poison kind of have a negative connotation to it already. And a lot of people don't, and and some people like Phil DeLuca are very anti-Phyrexian for whatever (laughs) reason. So I think that is an easy way to have your brain slip into the trap of like, I'm just going to be angry and not like someone based on a choice they made when I'm making choices all the time that other people may disagree with, but that doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. So there's no card or a combination of cards somebody can play in a game of EDH or commander or any kind of magic that makes them as a person a jerk. Yeah, the way that they communicate with you, the way that they agree to things, the way that they have conversations with you, those are all things in real life that happens. But this is a card game. We're supposed to play cards. It's just like a certain, would a certain move in chess be only made by a jerk? No. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. All right. So let's dial it down, Notch, everybody. But I mean, I understand. It is shocking and scary. And some people are like, that doesn't look like fun. But you know what? It's kind of fun. It's yeah, it's like going on a roller coaster for the first time. You're like, oh my gosh, I did not expect this. <laughs> I mean, you pay a lot of money for simulated excitement that up that that like increases your pulse and makes you get excited and you're sort of sweating. And you know, you go to theme parks and ride, you know, roller coasters, or you know, you go to the craps table, or some mm-hmm. people jump out of airplanes to get that kind of. Thing. This it's in a similar vein. Like, man, when somebody's got infect and they are pointed at you, and you're like, I have got to get myself out of this situation. That's very exciting, and yeah. it makes for fun games. Even when someone has vol. Ultron decks or someone has a combo deck you're like oh it could end at any time oh gosh prepare yeah. get ready yeah so hey all right to the listeners what are some controversial topics or situations you think we should tackle next time so we're looking for your emails your tweets your comments things that are in the same vein of what we just talked about that maybe you've come into contact with or heard about and you're wondering you know what our thoughts are on that kind of stuff and how you might handle handle things. Or you want us to know what your thoughts are, so make sure you guys let us know. And Patreon members, uh, you can there's a, a special form for you at a certain level if you guys want to submit extra lengthy questions to the show. So you guys make sure you check that out as well. If you want to get in direct contact with us, by the way, there is a special Patreon-only email. You get priority responses. Uh, oh, something else you should check out is cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Command zone. <laughs> command zone. Woo! That is our sponsor for the show. We talk about them every episode. You guys know. They ship faster than anybody. This is the time of the year when you need fast shipping. You should definitely check them out. Oh, something I should say. I'm trying to figure out how to word it. Because they just came out with this thing with Prof. So, all right. Use, <laughs> Who's also sponsored by Yeah. <laughs> but it's awesome. So I'm just going to say it. And here's how I think you should handle it. So if you go to cardgame.com slash TCC. It has all the products that uh, the professor has reviewed over the years that got good, like A's and A minuses. Mm-hmm. They got like really good grades, and it just lists them, and it makes it really easy to find like the awesome products he's talked about. And then what you do is when you order that stuff, you just put in the little comment area that Command Zone brought you there, mm-hmm. and that'll basically do the same thing except for that you'll have access to that cool page where you see all the awesome stuff from Prof because. Man, if Prof tells you that uh, one of the items is an A, it's a freaking A. It's an A, yeah. Yeah, that guy is like, 
I seriously, I won't actually buy anything unless he's reviewed it like well. Yeah, his grading system is as good as the way they grade their cards, which is if it's near mint, that card is near mint, and they said so. And yeah, there are a few of us now that are sponsored by Card Kingdom. Um, obviously, we've had this question pop up. If you just go there, just write in the comments like, "Hey, Card Kingdom brought me here," or like, "Hey, the MTA girls brought me here," or "Hey, all of them brought me here." You know, this this by the way helps all of us because yep. they're like sweet. All of these people and all the people that watch these shows, listen to these shows, they they listen to each other's shows. They're hearing about Card Kingdom more than any other retailer, and that makes us happy. That makes them happy. It's good times all around. All right, time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Oh, crap. Tapas. Tapas. Tapas is a form of small plate food uh, that... It, Me likey. It, that originated in Spain. Um and it's sort of like a, it's like a hip thing, right? They're like, you can have a tapas restaurant for Spanish food. You can have a tapas restaurant for Japanese food. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea is just instead of ordering one big plate for yourself, like the American standard, or uh, a lot of big things for the middle of the group for everyone to share, share with, you're ordering lots of small plates and you're enjoying the experience of dining over a period of time and selecting and sampling from a lot of different things while sharing with a group. Um, as a result, this sometimes means that you don't get as much of one thing as the other, but it's something I experienced a lot more of in Spain, in Barcelona, when I was there last week. And it's, uh, I personally am not the hugest tapas fan, but I understand why it's great, because you get to sit around with people, and like everyone gets to talk about the food that they're eating at the same time with each other. Like, oh, I really like that one. It's like, mm, I don't like that one as much. And it makes for a much more social dining experience. I love tapas because you get to try a lot of things. I'm one of those people that go to a restaurant and there's like, I'm like, I want to try these seven things. Mm -hmm. And in American style dining, like you said, well, it's going to be way too much food. I can only try one thing and maybe an appetizer. Yeah. And at Tapas, you can order the seven things because they're all going to come out. They're going to be just small portions. You're going to have a taste of that, a taste of this, a taste of this, and you get to try a ton of stuff. And, yeah, like you said, it's a social environment, which is also enjoyable. Yeah. It's not for everyone, though. I'm a big fan. I'm an okay fan, but I'll enjoy it. I will always go out and eat tapas, and then maybe I'll get a burger afterwards. Uh, but yeah, I recommend it if you've never done it before. It sounds like you just didn't order enough. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I should have spent a couple more hours at the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, it, it is not fast. I'll give it that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, something that uh, has nothing to do with fast or not fast. I tried. Oh, no, no, no. It's a fast format. Turn four kills. Turn three, four kills, right? The Masters of Modern podcast. We're talking about modern, of course. So The Masters of Modern by Alice Kessler and Ben Bateman. You can find them on Twitter at the MMCast. They are our sister podcast. They just had their year-end wrap-up episode, which was very good. Alex and Ben talk about modern and all things competitive magic. You can find them also right next to us at collected.company. And our editor for the show is Terry Robertson, who's editing this episode uh, very quickly because we weren't able to record last week. So big, big ups to Terry. He's done a great job with all the video content and the audio. You can check all our video content out at youtube.com slash the command zone podcast. And uh, those videos are adorned with loving, awesome living card animations from Jeffrey Palmer, who you can find at living cards MTG on Twitter. All right, everybody, don't forget, if you're a patron, you have a chance to win either a Kaladesh bundle or one of the Planeswalker decks next episode. So if you're not signed up for Patreon, go to patreon.com slash command zone to have a chance to win that stuff next week. All right, we'll see you next time. See ya. Peace. Bye. I screwed that up, didn't I? I stole your line. Thanks for listening is what I'm supposed to say. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon-ish. Peace. Out. Thank you for your attention. 
For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.